0: I would almost even argue that fantasy is probably the number one driver of people subscribing to the NFL product in aggregate. I, most people care about fantasy football now and that's like a big deal. So like you said, people become a fan of the sport instead of just of their team. And that's generally a healthy thing for the NFL as a, um, as a professional sports league. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee.
1: And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, how much time do you think we spend both before and after the show just wasting or talking about fantasy football?
0: So I was thinking about this and let's say that fantasy lasts about three months or 90 days a year and let's say on average I spend an hour a day thinking about fantasy football, which sounds like a lot, but I probably did spend maybe like an hour (laughs) a day. So that's 90 hours. And I've played fantasy football since 2009. 2022 so i'm rounding up a little bit here so let's say 13 years so if you do the math 13 years times 90 hours is 1770 hours which comes out to about 74 days
1: <laughs> and how much money do you think you've collectively won from fantasy football because i'm trying to put like a uh, time value money here
0: <laughs> it's a good question um
1: don't embellish here too for our audience
0: i think i'm probably net neutral i've won like three championships so yeah i think probably about net neutral it's pretty close
1: Got it. Uh, so for 1,700 hours, <laughs> you've made $0. You've done nothing. Yeah, But think about all the fun you've minute.
0: had. Exactly. Or frustration. Today's show, we're talking about Sleeper, a fantasy sports app company.
1: Yeah. So as Jeff mentioned, Sleeper is a fantasy sports platform. Uh, their platform includes fantasy football, fantasy basketball, NCAA March Madness, and fantasy esports. For this episode, though, we're only going to focus on fantasy football. Um, as Jeff and I mentioned um, earlier, we're both very heavy users of fantasy football. I think any time, any given time, rather, I'm in about three or four leagues. Jeff, are you the same?
0: Yeah, I think I'm trying to like limit it down to two. This year, I did three, um, so no more than three.
1: Love it. With Sleeper, there's they have the traditional fantasy football features like sorting, scoring, breaking news. They also have chats, multi-league. So if you have uh, more than one league, you can manage them all within the same app. Uh, There's also a community within sleeper so you can actually chat with you know your league and also not just with your league but also other folks in separate leagues which is actually super interesting and as far as i'm aware of not included in other competitors and i've never used sleeper before but what i thought was kind of cute is they have fighting mascots (laughs) where as you're like going against each other you can actually have a mascot and fight is that true jeff like
0: yeah there's kind of like this small web store kind of thing where you can like buy mascots and like get different animations and stuff like that honestly i don't think i use sleeper primarily for that but it it is there it's something that you can do and you can equip different animations and make little changes and stuff like that
1: nice i love that and then the last feature that in the laundry list of features that sleeper has is voice chat during the draft so if uh you're drafting your fantasy league you're essentially picking different sports players so you can do a voice chat i know uh, with COVID, my past two drafts have been over, uh, have been done virtually. So we've actually just used Zoom. So we've never actually thought about going through a, the actual mm-hmm. fantasy platform to, to do this. But I think to take a little bit of a step back for some of our audience that might not know what fantasy football is, fantasy football or any fantasy sport is essentially a league of people that before the start of a sports season. So for our context, the NFL season, we get together and we put together a team of players. So these are professional players, they're graded for every single activity that they do within the game. So in the NFL, if you catch a ball, or if you run a couple yards, or if you um, do all sorts of different things within NFL, you'll get points based off of that. Mm -hmm. And so every week, you'll collect points, both positive and negative. and then your team of players, like let's say you have 10 different players um, might add up to 100 points will go up against like Jeff's team who might only have 90 points from all their players. So it definitely is super <laughs> dynamic. So as the season changes, there might be injuries to players. There might be, you know, breaking news or there might be a rising star that no one ended up picking in the, in the draft. So there's a lot of, you know, little nuances that you can do within fantasy sports to pick and. Basically, make sure that your team is the best. I I don't know if fantasy is like the best name for uh, for a league, but it's just become so normal and commonplace rather that now you even just call it fantasy. And there's even a whole TV show called The League that is just dedicated to breaking down fantasy football and talking about all the nuances and all the different like – you know, stories and funny things that happen with any fantasy football league. Did I miss anything, Jeff? I just wanted to set the fantasy football stage.
0: No, I think that you got it kind of nailed down. I just wanted to bring up the fantasy football uh, Wikipedia article because I've read this before, but wanted to kind of share with everybody. Fantasy football didn't start recently. It's kind of had like really blown up in the last 20 years or so with technology. But the original idea actually came in 1962. And it was like a couple of folks that had gotten together. And if I remember correctly, they... Put together this scoring system, had a really big book of all the players, like all the rosters, and they kind of did like an actual draft. That Um, is amazing. It is amazing, yeah. And um, the inaugural league was called the Greater Oakland Professional Pigskin Prognosticators League, or the Gopple. (laughs) 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 The first draft took place in uh, Winkenbach, which was one of the original founding members of this fantasy league uh it took place at his home in oakland in august 1963 so i just wanted to give just kind of an idea for the folks at home about where fantasy football really started and i don't really know why why they call it fantasy football but basically it's like kind of being your own general manager and drafting a team across all the different players that are available in a particular sport without any idea of like salary although we can talk about the different forms of fantasy football one of them is called auction league where it's kind of a yeah i guess like a pseudo salary but anyways like yeah like mike said you are trying to draft the best team uh, to fill out a roster to maximize points and the scoring of points differs from sport to sport yeah and it's super
1: interesting because i think it's like a game changer for any league like be it the nfl with the national football league or the mlb the major league baseball or nba national basketball association any big league like this because at least for me and i'm sure this is for others it brings you outside of your local sports league like when i started playing fantasy football like 10 to 15 years ago like i had only cared about the buffalo bills Yeah, you know, i was like yeah. super local it's like i knew every single player i still know every single player on the roster um but with fantasy football i had to start paying attention to other teams So it wasn't just my team, it was other teams. And I think that's super true. And I think why the NFL has gotten so big, which I know we'll talk about later. But I don't know if you would agree with that as well, Jeff.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree. I would almost even argue that fantasy is probably the number one driver of people subscribing to the NFL product in aggregate. Most people care about fantasy football now, and it's like a big deal. So like you said, people become a fan of the sport instead of just of their team. And that's generally a healthy thing for the NFL as as a professional sports league.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree, and that's why you have platforms like Sleeper that are coming in to just lower the entry, uh, lower the the you know entry barrier to get into fantasy. So, Jeff, I'm going to punt this to you because I've never used Sleeper. I, all of my leagues are actually Yahoo, just because mm-hmm. that's what I've used. I'm like an yeah. old man. That's what I used back in my day, and I'm going to continue <laughs> using it, even though my day was you know 15 years ago. But I, I really like Sleeper's mission, and it's connecting people over sports. But Jeff, what would you see as Sleeper's differentiation compared to everything else?
0: Yeah, I think that like Sleeper has really thought about heavy customization and then the social aspects maybe better than a lot of the other leagues. So I've been in Yahoo leagues. I've been in ESPN leagues. I think I've been in CBS and NFL fantasy leagues. So I've kind of tried a bunch of different platforms. And what's nice about Sleeper is that there's really a high level of customization. So I'm in this one really wacky league where we have not only defense, but we actually do IDP. So um, individual defensive players, but down to like the individual position. So you can Mm. start a DB, you can start a linebacker, you can start a defensive lineman, and then you can customize the points per player. So usually there's like this overarching thing where like a popular format is called PPR. So it's point per reception. And that is one point per reception for any type of player. But then in sleeper, it allows you to also set individualized PPR points per position. So
1: interesting. uh,
0: PPR is great, because generally, it raises the floor of wide receivers because they're usually receiving the ball. But that makes it a little unfair for running backs that happen to also be receiving running backs that like catch the ball as well. So that's why those running backs end up floating to the top of drafts come like you know august or early september um but you can kind of like curb that a little bit by lowering the ppr for running backs to be like 0.25 points per reception and then maybe raising the floor for receivers by making it one point per reception so you can really customize i like exactly that. what you're trying to do per player and one of my leagues i think that the proposed change for next year is we're making it one ppr for tight ends but then like I think half PPR for receivers because tight ends are like always kind of like a low floor, high ceiling type type role as well. So it's things like that that kind of help balance the league. You can kind of make positions more or less consistent, um, change the ranges of positions in aggregate. In this case, it's making it to where like tight ends actually matter. And in our league, this sleeper league that I'm in, defensive players matter a lot. In fact, I've won the first two years of the of the league by having like really strong defensive players, which is something that's very uncommon in fantasy football, because usually people just play defenses, right. defensive units. So the traditional format is you play a DST, which is defense and special teams, and you don't really care about individual players and the tackles are making. You just think about overall points scored. But I think this is a really fun way to play fantasy. Um, and Sleeper definitely, you know, allows and unlocks you to like really customize a to the individual tastes of the members in that league.
1: Totally. I, I've only played IDP like three or four different years and I've loved it every single time. Like I think defense, like when I used to play football, like that was my favorite side to play just because it's so like cerebral. Like you have to like start to think about like all the different plays and start to just, I don't know, it breaks down into like all like, I'm going to nerd out for a little bit, but like all like the math behind, you know, like down and distance um or different like situations and like mm-hmm. what is most likely to happen. And so you have to, you know, just think around like how you're going to defensively scheme around that. So playing an IDP or individual defensive player um, league was super fascinating to me. Cause like you're getting to know and learn all these new like defensive players from different teams that you might not necessarily be, be focused on. And so it was yeah. super fun because you start to just, I mean, it's, you know, typically quarterbacks and like maybe the star wide receiver star quarter, like whatever star receiver, star running back or star tight ends, just like the top five of the, of the uh, NFL has just become household names, but I think IDP leagues are just a huge way to like kind of neutralize that when your linebackers, for example, are cranking out you know seven eight points because they're a tackling machine on a bad they're a bad on a bad team, but they're a great linebacker, so they're just getting a bunch of tackles. So yeah, um, yeah,
0: I was gonna say that's a big thing that was a major change for me. Where usually you want to be on a good offense and get players from a good offense in fantasy football, and usually are pretty offensive minded in fantasy football, but when it comes to playing like IDP. You want linebackers or cornerbacks on bad teams because they have more opportunity. Like opportunity on offense is different, right? Like opportunity is like you get handed off the ball more, you get more passes on your way. It's the opposite in IDP. You want more people that are like (laughs) trying to run the ball at your linebacker so they get an opportunity to make a tackle and then like score some points So yeah, I think it's like really interesting. There's a lot of little things that you can tweak around. And then I also mentioned earlier that like sleeper does like kind of like the social aspect a little bit differently. So it's kind of like a forum system where you can like ask questions and post and usually they do a pretty good job of breaking news faster than anybody else so for a while i was using sleeper as kind of like my news outlet i don't know how they do it but they break news much much faster than any other fantasy platform so i was able to like get that information maybe like pick up a new player and then go and pick up players on other platforms before my other league mates would know because they weren't on sleeper and then usually there's like kind of like a stream of uh comments coming in from new breaking news or whatever like oh my gosh like how did this happen like blah, blah blah so yeah i think that's where sleeper definitely has its biggest differentiators it's that there's a social aspect they're quick on the draw for news and then they definitely have like the high a very very high level of customization in their leagues
1: yeah, it's funny because I saw that sleeper speed first firsthand. So, like when Jeff was talking about Jeff and I were before podcast, we're discussing something. Jeff had been like, "Hey, like so and so like actually had an injury." And I remember Jeff like, "You were like the running backs for the uh, Ravens. The Ravens, yeah, had had an injury." And I'm like, "Oh my god! Like, where are you getting this news from?" I'm on, I had Twitter open, and he's like, "A sleeper." And so then I was able to make changes to my fantasy league, and you know, because I had that running back that had an injury, so. um, Cool. Well, we can talk a little bit about the business model. So there's not much to talk about here because Sleeper is a relatively new company, is, is Jeff's going to dive into with the history, but it's still nascent. It's important to note that Sleeper is free to play. So you don't need to sign up and pay any dollars up front. And the founders have committed to running an ad-free service, which I think is really interesting because this feels like a platform that's ripe for ad to, to be supported by ads because there's so many eyeballs that are being driven to this to this app. So What I can gather from those two nuggets is that Sleeper's path to monetization is with microtransactions. So I don't think we've talked about microtransactions before in this show, but essentially microtransactions would be like an in-gap or in-aim, in-app or in-game microtransaction. So for example, like we were talking about earlier, there's little like mascots that fight each other. Like, you know, if I'm playing Jeff, I might have a mascot and Jeff might have a mascot. You can actually purchase a new mascot and customize that. So by creating those like opportunities for customizations that people want, they're able to monetize that. And it's really fascinating because that's like a very scalable in terms of from a revenue perspective where it it doesn't cost all all costs is like the fixed cost for the engineer's time to create that essentially. So once you create like a good mascot that lots of people want to buy, it's essentially, you know, zero cost to, to scale that up. So, uh, What I can say from this, it's a huge platform with millions of users and there's definitely a huge opportunity and it's early days for Sleeper's business model to figure out how we can, sorry, how Sleeper can start driving revenue.
0: Yeah, and let's um, shift gears over to the history of the product. So it was founded in 2015 by Ken Wang and Harry Lung. Their initial inaugural season where they debuted Sleeper was in the 2018 NFL season and they've grown extremely rapidly. Since then, they've added other fantasy sports, and like you mentioned, including League of Legends, which is their first foray into esports. Which I, at the time, I was still like a very big League of Legends player, and was really excited to see fantasy League of Legends being uh, introduced. I think even Riot Games, which is the creator of League of Legends, had you know tried out the fantasy um, fantasy esports thing before. So it's good for Sleeper to offer on an alternative platform. So in this article by Forbes, it mentioned that in late 2014, Wang had quit a job at a as a private equity investor in Hong Kong. And then he basically moved in uh, with another co-founder, uh, Yen, and was sleeping on his couch in San Francisco and working out of the garage at Yen's condo to develop what would become Sleeper. The founder didn't take salaries. It's a typical founder yeah. story, right? They didn't take salaries for a couple of years and raise initial capital from friends and family members. I-, I do think that they had this like really great groundswell of, of users. I-, I think the first time that I had heard about Sleeper was through a popular fantasy football podcast called the fantasy footballers. But then I noticed that like it just balloon sponsored athletes like Juju Smith Schuster was talking about sleeper and they were doing drafts on sleeper. A lot of other Famous athletes were were funding the project. I, I think Clay Thompson is is someone who's also invested in the company, and then like large, well known VC funds like Andreessen Horowitz is, have also like put money into into sleepers. So it's definitely. I think people understand that fantasy football is a very large business. It's in a lot of ways a driving force behind some professional leagues like the NFL, and just having any sort of disruption in the space, just having the opportunity to get in front of like you said, like these eyeballs or these players every every year. Fantasy football players, not professional players. uh focus <laughs> it, like, you and I, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, the opportunity is just worth a lot. And to your point, like we've played fantasy football on some of these like older legacy platforms, like Yahoo and ESPN for a long time, and they were starting to get stale, right? Like nobody else was mm-hmm. coming in and making any changes or doing anything different. I did notice notice recently that Yahoo had a chat app, and some people were like having some conversations in there. I don't know when they launched it, but it does feel like it's a it's an afterthought. Whereas like Sleeper has felt more like communication and community first, um, totally. which is a pretty big difference in terms of fantasy football.
1: It almost feels like the difference between like email and Slack, you know, where mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, like Slack was like built for that short rapid fire communications and like right. constantly there. Whereas like emails, like I shall make this transaction, you know, I'm going to pick up this player and then, yeah. you know, you comment afterwards. So right. I think it is important to have that social and, and communicating aspect Have you played Fantasy League of Legends before? Like, what does that even look like? Do you know what fantasy esports looks like?
0: Yeah, so Fantasy League of Legends is like, honestly, pretty easy. So you get points based on kills, assists. I don't think you get negative points for deaths. There's other things that you can get in League of Legends, like gold collected, towers or buildings destroyed, like things like that. So I'm trying to remember all the different stats that you can earn fantasy points on. But usually it's like kills, assists and stuff like that.
1: Well, I guess like, are you picking like the actual like esport player or is it players in the game okay got it
0: yeah the actual esport player so like for example um bjergsen was the mid laner for tsm which is a north american team he for for a long time he was in the tsm organization he just recently switched over to another organization which was a pretty big shock a lot of people thought he was going to be a tsm lifer but long story short, he was one of the best mid lane players for a long, long time. So he was like kind of like the CMC or the Dalvin Cook of, of League <laughs> of Legends, right? So people wanted to pick him as like the cornerstone of their fantasy team.
1: I love that. In I've only played like a league a handful of times. And I think you've been actually every in every game that I've ever played, all like seven games that, <laughs> I, that I've ever played.
0: Here's the thing. I think what's really different about League of Legends is that in some NFL teams, like they have this identity, right? They are like, we're a running team. We're always going to run the ball no matter what. And the game doesn't change that much. Like, obviously, NFL rules change year to year. And that's that happens. But League of Legends is like this continuous improvement cycle. It's a video game, right? So it has patches. And so the game changes by patch, which is much more frequently than, uh, than the NFL. So... Because patches change the game, it changes metas, and then some players adapt to metas better than others. You might draft a player in, you know, the early part of the year that you think is going to crush it this year, and then the meta changes, and they're not very good at that meta, and so you're kind of, like, stuck with a player that isn't performing as you intended because, again, the game changes in, like, a moment's notice. So I think that's what makes fantasy esports really interesting is that like the meta dictates how the players play and it changes much, much more rapidly. It's like, like, imagine if the NFL rules change mid-season, right? So that's that's a pretty pretty crazy change, yeah.
1: And speaking of like rule changes, it's like super fascinating how each league that I'm in is like its own like microcosm of like politics, you know, where it's like you have different people, like especially like, you know, the month before the league drafts, is it really when at least in my like experience that all the rules start to be questioned is like, Hey, should we add this rule? Should we remove this? Mm. You know, should we adjust like the PPR? Should we not become a PPR league? And you're literally like talking to people. I think like, our big debate was removing kickers or not removing kickers from like, from our league, and mm. it was like two very staunch sides with like maybe like you know out of like twelve people, like four were like yes, four were no, and then four were just like I'm not really sure. And so yeah. like, the not really sure people were just getting like you know side chatted and side texted with all hilarious. these people. Yeah, but it's been like that for every single league where it's like kind of like hey, like should we do this or, or not? Like to to have this, so it, it feels like super interesting and even like. In the season, like we had this big controversy uh in my league that I'm in with my brother, where my brother p- proposed a, a trade. So he wanted to trade, you know, I think it was Saquon Barkley for Deontay Johnson, and it got shut down. And so like we had like half the league was like, I can't believe that we would like meddle with this. And then the other yeah. half of the league was like, the last place players trying to game the system and Then like, you know, it it turns out afterwards, my brother put together a spreadsheet because he proposed a trade and he would have been like, like Saquon Barkley basically didn't produce at all in the second half of the year. So he would have been way better off with Deontay Johnson and would have not come in last place. So he was... Very salty about that because he had this whole Google spreadsheet and he's like, <laughs> Mike, make sure my math's right. And I'm like, I'm not opening the spreadsheet, man. It's <laughs> <Like, laughs> too much effort. But cool. We can talk about who Sleeper is for. So I thought I would just, you know, take a step back and look at the total addressable market. And there's a ton of Americans that play fantasy football. It was mind blowing to me because I thought I was just some nerd in high school you know, early college that was playing fantasy football, but it's 75 million Americans that play yeah. fantasy football. That's 25% of the U S and that's not even including like all adults. Like that's like every man, woman or child, you know? So it's like every <laughs> grandma. So it's like, I would have to think One in four that
0: babies play fantasy football. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you heard it here first. Exactly. But that's just, that's mind blowing, man. It's like, it's just, I can't believe it, it's gotten there and there's a ton of different opportunities here. And to talk about how much is spent, so the average buy-in, so like all of these leagues, when you get together, let's say it's 10 people, just to keep the numbers simple, it'll range from like $20 and up for a league or maybe $0 and up for a buy-in. So the average buy-in is $50. So that's a $500 pool. And that means that the median first place winnings, so if you, after you know, 16, 17 weeks of the season, you come on top, you have the most points, and then you play a little playoff Your average winnings is $300 with, you know, maybe second place getting $150 and then third place getting their money back. The average is 12 people in a league. And then each fantasy football draft spends about $130 the day of the draft. So this is really fascinating to me because it's Mm. like these micro economies on top of micro economies, like you have to like look at this from a meta perspective of like this is a bunch of dudes or dudes and girls getting together of like you know picking fake <laughs> making fake teams with like you know, it's literally fantasy and they're getting yeah. together for like this big like event, event you know yeah. in like late august early september and they're spending money on it so i know if like for us like we'll typically get like a you know piece of pizza or a couple pizzas and some wings um and you know just maybe some beers and i'll, I'll get together and like have that draft and I know that the other extreme, I was actually in Las Vegas for my buddy's bachelor party this past year and we went to Topgolf and at Topgolf, there was like three rooms dedicated to fantasy football. It was wow. like, it was That's really awesome. cool to see because it was like, it was exactly like the league, like the, the TV show where you have like, like a, a mini pool a giant whiteboard. And then like all these guys just like fantasy football with like jerseys on. So it was really cool to see. And I'm sure that costs like 1000s of dollars. So but yeah, the average is $131 spent. But all of that amounts to about a $7 billion annually that the US spends on fantasy football. So
0: that's insane. Yeah,
1: yeah, crazy, 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 crazy amounts of money that's being spent. And like, the last thing I'll say is like, there's 3 million people on sleepers platform. And so that's about 4% of all of fantasy football. So it's pretty impressive to see, you know, a relatively new company that, you know, their first time in the NFL was three years, three, yeah, three years ago in 2018, um, to already have four percent market segment share. So they're according to their 2021 Series C press release, um, Sleeper is the fast organically growing fantasy sports company in the US. So really cool to see.
0: Yeah, I definitely believe it. I'm actually kind of surprised it's not higher than three percent um from the way it seems, which is good. Like from an optics perspective, they're kind of doing all the right things. All the people are chirping about them. It's definitely good press NPR. Let's talk about their competitors really quickly. I think we've kind of talked about them a little bit. So all the major sports outlets have some sort of fantasy app. So ESPN has one. Yahoo has one. I say that those are the probably the two most popular, probably Yahoo and then ESPN. And then there are some other ones like NFL and CBS that like are kind of like secondary platforms that people also use. It just kind of depends on if you like the UI and little things like that. I think it's funny. The NFL as a league treats fantasy like kind of like a secondary product but they don't have a great fantasy app (laughs) or like fantasy experience like they could just kind of let like the secondary market take it over which is really interesting and like bear in mind mike and i have been chatting about fantasy football primarily because it's the biggest fantasy type that's being played but i think fantasy basketball is also very large like there's a pretty big following behind fantasy basketball and then fantasy baseball is also like a pretty pretty decent size of people too so like you know the I think Mike mentioned 75 million people play fantasy football specifically. Just imagine how many of these people in other seasons are playing basketball, baseball, etc. Um So to- totally. I, I
1: tried out hockey and baseball for a little while, but it was just like, there's, baseball's
0: hard. It's yeah. there's so much to keep, uh, keep up.
1: To- with. Totally. So. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, just looking at like 16 NFL games, or yes, now 17 games in NFL season versus you know the 80 something in in basketball, and then the 160 I think in hockey and football, or sorry, yeah. hockey and baseball. It's it's almost a man as well to change your lineup every single yeah like multiple times per week.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cool. So happy to jump into our thoughts. I'm happy to start. I think Sleeper has done a really great job disrupting the market from having these like lightning fast news updates. That I think. At the very worst, if I wasn't using Sleeper for one of my fantasy leagues, I would still keep Sleeper as a news outlet or news platform so I can get information faster than my league. It's an advantage to get this information faster than your league mates. Weirdly and unfortunately, um, Sleeper is growing at a clip where a lot of other people are on Sleeper now, so I don't really have that same (laughs) advantage as other people, but it's almost like if you don't have Sleeper, you're putting yourself at a steep disadvantage, so... Mike, next year you should at least download it for the news updates. Otherwise I won't be there every time to like tell you when a <laughs> Ravens running back is gonna go down. Yeah, but otherwise I like that they are trying out some things that other fantasy sports haven't tried. They're, you know, double clicking into the social aspect of things. They are allowing you to customize more parts about fantasy football they are trying out things like squads which is a little bit of like i don't know if it's technically betting but like winning money in pools with your friends Mm -hmm. things like that so they're they're really tapping into all the different aspects of fantasy i think the one complaint that i'll have around sleeper specifically is it, it does seem like they're a little unfocused sometimes like they're trying too many things in too many directions maybe it's easy for me to say and maybe they're doing really well in all the different directions but i i do wish that they would like get one thing right and then move on um, and be a little bit more totally. hyper-focused in their product. And then the secondly, is that like because there's so many directions that they're going in, it can be really confusing navigating the app. So that's the only other complaint I have is like navigation could get cleaned up a little bit, but that's a little nitpicky. I think that overall, um, the core platform and offerings are really great. So I'm going to give Sleeper like a 4.2. I think there's a lot of room for improvement in terms of navigation and just making sure that they're really clean and crisp on their product strategy. But they're obviously doing a lot of things right, and they have a really large opportunity to kind of break into the uh, space of um, fantasy sports.
1: Spoken like a true product manager. Need to get more <laughs> crisp on the product strategy. I am going to call this a 4.0 flat. So I've never used Sleeper, but it makes me, it's, it's almost at the bar where it's me to convert my league. I think to get someone like me from Yahoo Fantasy, which I've used for years, into Sleeper, I would want to see some things like to be able to port over that history, you know, to show like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's like, an easy way or like an API or you can. And granted, Yahoo would probably never allow this, but to say like, hey, like, you know, this has been like the past history, like, you know, Jeff's won the league, you know, in 2014 and then Mike won in 2015 and like Jimmy won and came in third place, you know, <laughs> or last place like every single year for the past because I think that's important. It's kind of like, it's definitely a history of like a friend group that you've just been working with for, for the longest time. I definitely like how customizable sleeper sounds. That's, I think, really interesting to me to be able to really start to nerd out and adjust your leagues, especially as you start to see after a while of playing fantasy football, that it's like all that unfairness, especially this league, like, or th- this past year, at least for me, is like, I didn't have a running back, like in in two of my leagues. And it really, really was frustrating because I, I, I was basically, I had a bunch of injuries happen to my, all my players. And <laughs> put me at a disadvantage of finding a new player to fill that because it just bottoms out in the the, typo that, but yeah, 4.0 for me. Cool. Well, those are our thoughts on sleeper and we'd love to hear from you, our audience. So definitely reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We love engaging with our audience. It's always great. So definitely tell a friend, uh, share the show, but you can find us at products podcast. That's P R O D E X podcast.
0: Yeah. And if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.